Sorry, can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Hello and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we have spoiler-filled discussions on your favorite and sometimes not so favorite movies and TV shows. My name is Howie, and I'm the senior editor at IsolatedNation.com. And joining me is、uh, Darth Vader himself, <laughs> Reese, the Darth Vader to your Luke, or、yep. you, my Emperor. I see myself as your grandson, Kylo Ren. That's actually pretty good. I can <laughs> I can fuck with that. Yeah, we、I'm, have that dynamic. Right? I'm more in control. You're pretty unstable. Yeah, I, I try to emulate you. Yeah, you flail around. You try and be like me, but you fail. <laughs> I wear a poor imitation of your mask. But maybe, like in a certain movie we're going to talk about, you come into your own a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that, I guess that leads us into <laughs> today. We're talking about、um, the long anticipated and not at all controversial. Everyone can agree that it's great. I think. Yeah, universal agreement. <laughs> yeah, coincidentally,、um, I haven't looked at anything on the internet about this, so I have no idea. But、uh, <laughs> no, obviously. Um, the uh, highly controversial. Yeah, so, you know, I would say surprisingly controversial. Dude, people are fucking upset at this movie.、Yeah. Like it murdered their parents. <laughs> like it's a really personal anger. Yeah, and I think we should maybe go into a bit of that at first, I guess, because、yeah. we're we're discussing it now in a time where the backlash has happened and. It's not over, but it's like you get a pretty good picture of what people don't like about this movie. What we are talking about is, of course, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Something inside me has always been there. Then I was awake. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. The latest installment in the Star Wars franchise, directed by Ryan Johnson, written of- and directed, written and directed by Ryan Johnson、mm-hmm. of Brick fame. He directed Brick. Looper, Looper yeah, directed、uh, some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad. Yes, let's start with the, I guess, controversy around this.、Topic. Okay, well, we want to go back a couple of years when The Force Awakens was just released, <laughs>、yep. and it was that was done by J.J. Abrams. And what he likes to do, what he's done a lot of stuff, is he sets up like a mystery box kind of thing,、yes. like there's a mystery to be solved, or、yeah. there are clues that lead into something else. Yeah, and The Force Awakens, I think. Had some of that, but some of that was fan created. So by that I mean, in the Force Awakens, after that was done, we're all wondering who are Rey's parents? Is she a Skywalker? Is she a Kenobi?、Mm. What's her important name? Blah blah blah. I think the movie definitely sets that up. I disagree completely. Really? No, I I feel like it's it just I don't think J.J. Abrams can help it. I think he it's not in him to not at least like kind of fan that mystery. Yeah, I, I I agree that they fan that a little bit in the movie because there's a cutesy line where she says to BB-8, Ray does, "Oh, I I'm classified too, big secret." So that's、yeah. that's a sort of a weird meta line where you're wondering, yeah, who are her parents? Who is she? Because parents and lineage is obviously like a big、Important. thing in Star Wars. Is、yeah. <laughs> what it's all about. It's a、yeah. big family saga. But I remember this scene in 
near the end of, oh not the end like halfway through the movie where Mars sort of a new and you Yoda yeah <laughs> spunky Yoda spunky Yoda um, Yoda who fucks says to, we'll, we'll yeah, get on that later she says to Ray um whoever your parents are they're never coming back and what's what you need is in front of you it's not behind you so it's like oh it, I kind of thought when I watched it, at least oh so it doesn't matter who her parents are they weren't anybody important but she doesn't want to believe that obviously so that's why she's upset but she's speaking the truth this wise person obviously this wise yoda stand in and this film followed through on that for me it's like where it's kind of confirmed that they were just junkers who sold her off for drinking money i was like yeah that's true i mean but that doesn't uh that might have been the point all along like that might have been where this was headed all along but um, part of the plan is to establish that as a mystery. I think like they definitely set it up as, um, oh, you, like could this be a thing? You know, who are her parents? Well, I'll give you, know? you this. I'll I'll say this much is that there's a vision in the Force Awakens she has where she's crying as a girl yeah. and the sh- a ship is flying away. Yes. So it's framed as such where like, oh, they dropped her there and they're yeah. leaving her. Yeah. So, but kind of, I'll give you that, but. Because to me, this movie, uh, The Last Jedi, is a lot of, in a lot of ways a middle finger to everything that you thought you were following, or like, it's a it's kind of a middle finger to like, hey, you thought this was going to be the main mystery, the main storyline, the main character, main villain, yeah, the main villain. But guess what? You're wrong. I mean, it's exhilarating, but I, you know, it's not fair to say that you know it's all a figment of people's imagination. But I think we are living in this time where that there have been like so like you've seen the amount of articles about like Snoke, for instance. Yes. Who is this guy? All these theories, and but. If you, because I rewatched The Force Awakens just after I saw The Last Jedi, because I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah. And there is a, there is no one in the film who was like, who is this Snoke guy? Where did he come from? Like, <laughs> they just talk about him like he's always just been this bad guy within the intervening 30 yes, years. That's true. That's and true. he's just like, yeah, he's just an evil dark side user who's yeah. like another evil lord. Yeah. Like, he has about the same. Not nearly the same kind of personality interest, but he has the same backstory as the Emperor in the original trilogy, yes. which is like, oh, he's just some he's evil. He's just big. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he's an evil guy. And the last Jedi, you know, you don't get backstory on him yeah. at all. He's in two whole scenes in the movie. Yeah. And in the second scene, he's like fucking killed, killed by his, his apprentice. That's true. And so you never learn anything about him. And I don't know how you felt about that, but I was like fine with it because I never cared that much about Snoke. Yeah, I was I never mean, that interested in him. I wasn't interested as well, and I did approach him as just, oh yeah, he's the big bad villain. You know, like he's just he's the a plot villain. device, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because also because of what we've how we've trained to watch blockbuster movies. You know, yes, with the Marvel point. with the Marvel movies that's coming out with the DC uh, movies that we've seen. Most of the villains, I would say 90% of them are one dimensional obstacles for the heroes to get over and not actual characters. Yeah. So with this one, that, that's how I approached this. Yeah. Yeah. The great thing about what this new Star Wars franchise has given us is a groundbreaking villain in Kylo Ren. Well, I'll say he's groundbreaking in that he's a co-protagonist. Yes, exactly. You've got a hero's journey and a villain's journey and the most brilliant move in this movie, I feel like my favorite scenes were yeah. like literally bridging their journeys. Yes. In those like force communication yeah. uh, scenes where they're talking to each other. And like 
the acting between the two of them and the chemistry and everything is like outstanding and yeah. nothing I've seen in a Star Wars movie yeah. with that level of pure emotion with a villain and a hero and when they're not related like there's, they're not related to each other so you don't have that yes but you just have them being like lost and confused people who are trying to like find their place yeah and they just it's just so happens that they both ended up in the different side of yeah the fight between good and evil what i kind of like love is the contrast between them and that he's got that like skywalker lineage yeah you know he's supposed to live up to this not just darth vader but like luke skywalker yeah like, he's supposed to be the next ray but he's not <laughs> yeah he's the, not the nobody has to sort of be the yeah opposing force to that yeah and I, yeah i'd like to touch on that do you have anything else to talk about with the fan theories and the the disappointment the di- that a lot of star wars fans feel with the last jedi just a couple of minor things but it keeps being brought up so it's like it's not minor it must be symptomatic of something but i want to bring them up real quick there's the scene where like Leia's in space and she uses the force to pull herself to the ship. Yes. I feel like Is that a really contentious Yes, it topic? is. People fucking hate that scene and I just feel like they don't they hate it because it's really jarring. Like yeah. the first time you see it, you yes. don't expect it at all. Yeah. And but it's like we well, he's gotta do something like new with this yes. franchise that's been around so long. Like you can't keep rehashing the same things. That's true. And so I didn't really have a problem with it. I kind of liked it. I thought it was yeah. fine. With that scene, I think... It, I will grant that, like, at first, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? But then she was in a coma and stuff, so I was like, That's okay. <laughs> she was she was hurt, like, you know. For me, it was more of a execution versus idea kind of thing, where it's like, I'm on board with you showing that Princess Leia has the, you know, can control the force mm-hmm. in her, but the way that they depict this is very... Uh, I feel like priority was given for the imagery of how it looked yeah. over character consistency and just like because in we, the service of the story in general. I I feel like it was a that's where the disjointedness felt like. It was for me. it was also because it's it is inherently sort of weird because we've only seen her use the force to like talk to Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was and, more like a telepathic sense instead of like a. Use it being God yeah. in space. Be- because number one, already, obviously, this is set in a science fiction universe, but in our world, you die yeah. immediately when you're in contact with space. You know, like you just, yeah. your body freeze, right? Yeah. Or something like that. You know, whatever happened in gravity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So that was weird to see her. It's this kind of sci fi space thing where you just, it's almost as if you just don't have oxygen. That's really it. Like, you yeah. just can't breathe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so, it's like you're underwater or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll accept that. It was but, fine. I'm, I'm more, like, ambivalent than hating it or loving yeah, it, really. But, like, same. that people really strongly complain about it says to me that people are having a problem with this movie that they can't quite articulate. Yeah. yeah that's what it says to me. Yeah. That's why it's interesting. Also, even more than that is when... Luke milks the sea otter thing and drinks the milk. I love that. People fucking, some people hate it. Really? It pissed them. I don't know, but it says to me that there is fundamentally unhappy with Luke Skywalker in this movie. I feel like that this might be a theme in a lot of the backlash is that there's no one singular clear cut um point where and you people know, like rally behind yeah yeah you there's no jar jar binks yeah obviously that's it. yeah there's no one thing that fans that didn't like the movie can pinpoint to being like the crux of the problem it's it's a general disparate. sense yeah, yeah like it's always what little things and they you know when i ask a few people who are like why didn't you like it 
like a lot of the first reaction is like,、oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's like I don't want to say those people are wrong because if you didn't connect to it, you didn't connect to it.、Yeah. Like you can't just explain that their feelings are wrong and then they'll、exactly. be like, oh, I liked it now. It, and in some way, I do. Feel like I, I feel like I can empathize where they're coming from because my first reaction to this was, oh, it was、um, you know as with any Star Wars movie, walking out you f- you feel that buzz like amazing. I just saw a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and then it's hard to explain really like what I really wanted out of this movie. You know, at the very core of it, I didn't get from this movie. I I felt like oh that was great, and there were a lot of awesome groundbreaking stuff that happened in there. But I feel like I might need to see it.、Again. Again, to consolidate, like why there's just something missing. There's、yeah. one element. I I don't know what it is that's just I didn't get from it that I was looking to get from it. Yeah, I I I can kind of see where you're coming from because my first viewing while I was watching it, there were a few times where I was going like, oh no, no. Like most particularly, I remember was when Ray. Is with Kylo Ren in Supreme Leader Snoke's throne room. Yeah, and she was saying lines that Luke was saying to Vader, and I'm like, are we, yes, are we really fucking redoing this?、Yeah. Like, you're really explicit about it. Yeah, and even the scene where like、uh, Leader Snoke shows her the Rebel fleet being destroyed. Yeah, like, yeah. look, your fleet. It's like <laughs> we fucking saw this. Like, yes, in the other movie, like、I'm, Kylo Ren even says to her a lot, like, search your feelings. You know, it's true. Yeah, just the Darth Vader. But what they, I'm your father yeah, line. The brilliant thing about it, though, in Watching it a second time、mm-hmm. and after you see it is like oh no they were deliberately sort of、exactly. fucking with you yeah <laughs> to set up a twist yeah that's what I mean where it's kind of a middle finger to everything that、uh, it's like leading you down a path that you think you're going but then when you get there it's like a whole different thing that you're expecting and, we, it, and、yeah. so and it's an exhilarating great way like it's fun、mm-hmm. for I, me anyway but I, I can see how. Um, if you're dead set on one thing happening, this unexpected change of direction might upset you. Absolutely, I I will agree with that, especially in regards to um Luke Skywalker,、yeah. where he wasn't really in the Force Awakens,、no. and I'd always wondered, even like as a kid, I was like. Wow! Like when he ignites that green lightsaber again, it's gonna be like this really heroic, awesome moment, and、yeah. it'll make me want to cheer. And the first time you see him ignite his green saber in the Last Jedi, yeah, he's considering killing like a boy in <laughs>、yeah. his sleep, and it's like it's sad and kind of horrifying. Yeah, it's dark. It's pretty dark, and like that's the only time in the movie he ignites like that lightsaber,、yeah. like his Jedi Knight weapon. <laughs> yeah, and so that's like wow, that's really fucking fascinating. I wouldn't have gone in that direction, but I I like it the more I think about it. And also when Ray hands him like his old father's lightsaber, yeah. You know, you 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 think, what's he gonna do when he gets it? Blah blah. He's gonna jump back into action, and then like he tosses it over his shoulder into the ocean. <laughs> I love that scene because it's it happens really the first scene you see Ray and、um, Luke in this movie. It says everything it, about yeah, Luke. Yeah, and and yeah. it says everything about what this movie will be, which is it's gonna upend your expectations. Yeah, and um. That people are upset about that, I will hard disagree yeah, with. Yeah, I love that. If you think he wasn't going to do that, then to me, you fundamentally misread Mark Hamill's performance at the end of The Force Awakens. Yeah. Did he look、yeah. ready to spring into action、no. and take care of shit? No, he looked like a broken old grief-stricken man. That's true. Who didn't want anything to do with it? Yeah. So naturally, that's what he does. But and people are saying, which I guess leads into the next point. Because they said, oh, they sacrificed that for a comedy beat, and I'm like. 
yeah, it's funny, but it also has like a character and a plot purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter if you find it funny or not. The purpose is there. Yeah. And it's telling its story. Yeah, people have a lot of problems with how Luke turned out and what gives it this kind of disagreement more fire is um mark hamill's admission mm-hmm. that he did not like the direction that luke was going in this movie yeah he, he said initially yeah. he said to ryan johnson like i can't believe you see luke this way yeah and he vehemently disagreed with yeah. um ryan johnson which you know obviously fanned the flames of fans to, to go yeah. hey i think in an interview um he he was saying you know i just don't think that Luke will just run away and hide like that after this this setback. And he even said, like, Jedis don't give up or, or things like that. Which yeah, is, makes me think they all give up. That, that's the thing which is really interesting <laughs> that he said that because what Luke did is very in line with what his predecessors did. Where do we find Yoda? Like, in a Obi-Wan. secluded island somewhere. Obi-Wan in exile. Like the, the Jedi way seems to be if you fail, you step yeah, aside until the next generation yourself, yeah. tries to do better. Exactly. That, I feel like that's just a weird thing to hear Mark Hamill say, you know, especially since he was the Rey character. That's true. I mean, I, it says to me that he, I don't know, like, he's, he even admits, like, his creative choices, like, aren't the best. Because it seems to me, if we were going to get, like, a traditional Luke Skywalker, it would have been, like, a lot of video gamey stuff. Yeah, yeah. But what they've done with this is, like, very interesting because it's, like, almost a deconstruction. Yeah, yeah. Of the idea of Luke Skywalker. Like, he says that several times. Like, he says, you know, I became a legend type figure. Yeah. And the entire ending sort of cements this where, um, you know, he's facing the first order with a laser sword because, you know, Ray says to him, you've got to come back to the fight. And he says sarcastically, what am I going to fight him with a laser, laser sword? sword yeah. He says laser sword, like deliberately dismantling the yeah. sacred cow of Star Wars. He's yeah. undermining it deliberately because that's where his head's at. He doesn't, he's like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want this anymore. But and he's fighting at the end. He's there's that heroic image of him facing the entire First Order and Kylo Ren, and guess what? It's like a, it's literally just an image that he's projecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he's he's still on the island like this tired old man, but it says to me that it's an image, the heroism thing, but it's it's necessary all the same. That's kind of why I thought it was like visually just interesting beyond the shots and how cool it looked yeah, and everything. I was like, yeah. that's a that's an idea. That's a really new idea. That's yeah. a mature idea for this series where it's usually like the plucky hero who saves the day. And I guess we could uh, maybe bring it to the Resistance storyline okay, a bit now. Okay, yeah. So we where we see that in the opening shot, right? The very first scene cements this sort of idea where Poe is up against a dreadnought and. They're ordered to evacuate the base. Yeah, and, and like, it starts with this kind of yo mom joke. Yeah, he's fucking with General a, dunking on General Hutt. I didn't care for him much in The Force Awakens, he, but yeah. I love that they made him like a like a buffoon they, this, this he, episode. Yeah, he, he reminded me of like a Kmart manager who's like gone mad with power. Yeah. Like just, just way overshooting. Yeah, he reminds me of Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yes <laughs> completely unaware of how much of a fuck up he yeah, is yeah yeah and it was terrific but um Very petulant yeah <laughs> he's great at playing that <laughs> i feel like even the makeup on him they emphasized yeah, they, a weaselly yes, quality to him yeah yeah definitely i really liked but um so poe is going up against a dreadnought and Leia's like no we've got to get out of here and poe's like well we got to get rid of this dreadnought because they're fleet killers yeah and we have an opportunity yeah so you think it's going to be like traditional plucky hero thing of yeah. star wars where oh he blows it up and then they all get out yeah and this movie is like 
another, that. yeah, another deconstruction of a trope that we know so well, and you know, kind of have grown to love. Yeah, but it actually this this movie criticizes the merit of being the plucky action first, think later hero. It's uh, literally uh, Han Solo is dead, yeah. and so <laughs> so is his style. Does his style is gone? Like you yeah. can't be that guy anymore. It's not anymore. sustainable like, to you, be that. Like you could do it. But the cost of that, like this great little moment of like Leia looking at like a panel of yeah. destroyed fleets, and they don't have much left. Yeah. So the cost really outweighed the benefit. Yeah, you see everyone like you know, showing a sigh of relief and like kind of celebrating the fact that they bombed the the what do you call it the dreadnought the dreadnought. But then you know, obviously Princess Leia, knowing the cost of this, doesn't even celebrate. She just looks at the screen and it's all like X's. Yeah. And, like one bo- like one ship is. Yeah, the green. The moment Poe steps back in, she slaps it. Yeah, and it's like you're demoted. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, uh, I really liked that angle of going for a more pro collectivist theme. Yes, rather agreed. than just because. Oh yeah, rather than just always on the offense. Yeah, and um, it's sort of like it's different in spirit from like Empire because. The rebels are on the run, sure, but you're only following like Han and Leia. Yeah, and, yeah, like, exactly. You're following the exactly. main characters. Yes, but here it's like even the nameless guy like matters. Yeah, even the minor characters matter. Yeah, and what Be- they do matters. The main characters have now have a more of a responsibility to save the group yeah. instead of executing a mission. Yeah, that's really the most heroic moment by far in the whole film. Is like a sacrifice scene for the rest of the group. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you see that for the very first one, which is um, the uh, her name's Paige. And oh, the Rose. Rose. So yeah, Paige Rose's is, sister, Paige. Yeah, who is the second half exactly. of the moon yes. person? You you see, you know, in one scene, in my opinion, the Last Jedi outdid what Rogue One was yes, trying to do in sure. one whole movie, yeah. which is make us care about the yeah. characters who are willing to sacrifice themselves. Well, the funny thing is, I couldn't pinpoint, like, why was my heart breaking for this girl, but in Rogue One, I didn't really care after two hours of screen time. <laughs> it's because... It tells it through more visuals and emotion. Yeah. Rogue One was a lot of exposition, I think. A lot of exposition and a lot of illogical character beats that... It's not straightforward and it's very convoluted. The characters are often there like knowing that they are there to serve a plot function. Yes. And then once they serve it, they're ready to die. Yeah. Like it's just so weird. Like they're ready to just give up. You can just see a screenwriter like crossing shit off a list. Yeah. That's sort of how it felt. Um, But with this one, you can see her, the fear. You don't need backstory. You see the fear in her eyes, but you see the resolve as well. And you see that she's willing to die, but she's also really scared. And you see all that in when she closes her eyes and, like, the explosion's creeping up on her. Yeah. And you know it's about to swallow her. It's so sad, but it's so beautiful. And she holds, you know, you don't need any information, any extra information when she holds that moon. You know that it's something or someone she cares about. Yeah. You know, that's what it represents. Yeah. And it's the last thing she wants to hold on to, and then she dies. It's actually, like, really... That's the feeling I wanted from Rogue One, but didn't get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And just even the way it was like shot, like when she woke up, it's like half her face is on screen and the other half is like just the yeah, space thing. It was like yeah. really different. I don't know. Yeah, this yeah. goes this film more than any other one gets away from the um, sort of straightforward classical style of like George Lucas. Yes, yeah. it gets a bit more um, abstract. In, yeah, <laughs> in its yeah, visuals, definitely. I feel like, and that was a welcome change as well. What did you think of? The cinema. We'll just go into this quickly. The cinematography in this movie. Um, I think the cinematography 
of this movie is more character focused than it is on like how beautiful space space looks. Yeah, if, if that makes sense. Like, I know what you mean. It's less about having giving you picturesque moments. It's more about building the character or moving the plot forward. Yeah, one of my favorite directing editing tricks is the communication between yes. Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah, the sound was gorgeous. Yeah, and it's just the it <laughs> it's creates crazy. A... It's like a new cinematic language in a way where two characters communicate to each other through cutscenes. Yeah, and um <laughs> the way their voices sort of echo it's like they're yeah. the only two in the universe. Yeah. They they're the only two who feel the way they do. Yeah. So even the stuff they're not saying, you feel their connection pretty yeah. strongly. Yeah. And the acting was brilliant as usual yes. as well. They were great in The Force Awakens. Yeah, I had no complaints. Good. It's mainly like a script thing. But yeah, um, I feel like Daisy Ridley was even better in this movie. Yeah, she's good. She's like matured as like in one year like as a performer, like <laughs> visibly matured. It's pretty amazing. But I feel like because in this movie, it's less about rushing her from one set piece to the yeah, next. Yeah. And it's more like you're getting inside her head, especially with, um, you know, you got that sort of echo of Empire where... She has to go to the dark place and like face her fear. That's right. Like yeah. where Luke faces Vader and he sees himself what in the you, mask. What do you feel? Uh, what do you think about that scene where she goes to that dark tunnel where you you know Luke says you know that's where the darkness is. Yeah. And then you know what do you think of, of that scene where she sees like the reflections? I thought that was fucking fascinating. I don't. It was in- fascinating, but I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure what we're supposed to take away from that. What I get from it is that she, when she's going down there, she's yeah. like looking for the truth of who her parents are. Yes, she, that's yeah. why she feels the pull. I think because yeah. maybe there are answers there. Yeah, it like it sort of implicitly promises that she will get that answer. Yeah, and then she, it, it seems like she is going to get that yeah. answer, but it's. Just her. Yeah. What does that it mean? It just illustrates her loneliness, I think. It, and it makes you believe more that she'd want to turn Kylo Ren because mm. she doesn't want to feel alone. Like, Luke is not giving her what she needs because he's being, like, this curmudgeon. He's like, yeah. fuck off, no more Jedi. <laughs> Leave me alone. Get off this island. Like, he's really, like, he's pretty mean to her. And she needs, like, and Kylo Ren even says to her, you're always looking for some father figure or something. Yeah. And her trying to turn Kylo is like another version of that. Yeah. So I feel like the point of that scene was just to like visually and emotionally communicate how alone she is. Right. Which you get more than, which Star Wars doesn't often do because, you know, the protagonist is not, you couldn't call them a lonely person exactly. Yeah. They're always surrounded by some mentors, some ghost thing or a Jedi council or whatever. But this is the first film where you feel like she's, looking for something and she's not getting what she needs. There's yeah. just there's just herself. There's no structure to guide her. Yeah, even Kylo Ren even tells her you have like no place here. Yeah. So I think it was the what the scene did was like emphasize her vulnerability in a way outside of dialogue. Yeah. Which that's what I got out of it anyway. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty brilliantly communicated. Like the clicking of the fingers and like yeah. the turning hand and how it like sort of echoed forever. Yeah, it's you know it feels a bit like Harry Potter esque. It in was, a way. yeah, I did get that feel. <laughs> there was another Harry Potter esque sequence which I really didn't like. What was it? Well, well, I guess we could leave Ray on that island for a bit and we'll go to what everyone's complaining about. We can all agree it's not very good. Which is the Canto Bright. Oh sequence. yeah, yeah, the casino, the, casino the space planet. casino. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about how they get there, which is 
Rose and Finn sort of meet, have a yeah. meet cute, where and like he's trying to leave, and she's like, "You're not going anywhere." Yeah, and this was a, this is the part where Leia was is already unconscious, and yeah. Admiral Holdel takes over, which yeah. played by Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, and um, her ploy, uh, her plan, it seems like is to just hang tight, right? Yeah. Because they can always stay like a few steps. Because they're being tracked in hyperspace yeah, by yeah. the first order, yeah. And what their plan was to stay a few steps ahead of the bad guys so that they're out of range yeah. from their whatever missile or something. But obviously, Poe being Han Solo 2.0, he's not going to take that shit. No, he'll just do his own thing. Yeah, he's yeah. just going to like. He, Laura Dern even says it to him like, "Oh, I know, fly I boys like fly you. boys like, like yeah. you. You know, you just like to take charge, but that's not what we need right now." Yeah. I love that scene, especially, you know, when it comes to what happens to Admiral Holdo as a character. But yeah, obviously. And so he's like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to do my own thing. So he sort of facilitates this mission in which Rose and Finn yeah. have to get like a code breaker to like hack into Supreme Leader's Snoke ship and break the tracking device on Yeah, them. I love that Mass Kanata um, cameo. <laughs> that Battlefront 2 looking yeah. scene where she's like she's shooting like, in yeah. like, jetpack on Union dispute. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't want to know. She's like... Can I do it? Of course I can. And I kind of wish that she was there. I like her energy and I want that energy to be in showers. The kind of fun, like, yeah, let's do it. Like, yeah, she's like the of... crazy aunt or yeah, something. I liked yeah. her. But um, she sends him to this uh, codebreaker guy who's on this casino planet. So they go to the casino planet and it's already I'm not really liking it because it's too much like Earth. I don't know, but it feels... To, you know, it feels like... It doesn't um, feel like Star Wars, whatever that means, but... No, it feels like Monaco or whatever shit. Yeah, You know does, what I mean? Yeah. Like, They're drinking it, champagne glasses, and I'm like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars. Yeah. But that's just sort of a minor nitpick. Like, yeah. Whatever, like, the and, main problem... Oh, you sorry. You oh, so, well, there's that scene where Finn goes into the casino and he looks around he's like i love this place i was just like really like <laughs> I'm not you love this place like it's just a casino i mean yeah it looks fun but like you know i don't you don't feel what he's feeling yeah i That's don't i don't feel his wonder yeah there is no wonder to there the isn't scene. because it looks like casino with aliens yeah, that's what i mean <laughs> you, don't, you don't get that sense of that it's alien but familiar at the same yeah. time that leans this leans too hard into familiar yeah so everything everyone feels like a caricature yeah like in the casino yeah like i told him not to park their car here yeah. like what <laughs> like okay. yeah it was just weird and so i think it was like kind of not well realized that much yeah it's my least favorite sequence in the movie yeah same um i did like the idea that you find out that that is the source of evil sort of in the galaxy yeah like the behind the 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 war profiteers yes the 99 wait the one percent kind of thing yeah like they sell weapons to the resistance and the first order like war is what what fuels what they're doing yeah they like go on completely unpunished like you know yeah there's no like catharsis yeah, there. They, they live in their own pocket universe where it's yeah. just like any it doesn't matter what the conflict is, they profit either way. It's very unlike Star Wars, because this is sort of another middle finger to the concept of Star Wars itself. Because yeah. Star Wars is always like, there's the bad guys, there's the good guys. You know, sometimes they can intermingle, but they're clearly delineated. Yeah. This one, they are the bad guys and no one seems to care. Like, yeah, yeah. The good guys don't Care. there's just what this one extra level like the bad guys think they're good guys yeah you know like darth vader not darth vader kylo ren and constable hux general hux <laughs> constable i don't know if they're constables <laughs> 
Where did that come he from? Is a, he is a constable in he's, personality, he's seen, though. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> he is the vibe why, of Constable Hux. Exactly. Uh, so General Hux, you know, he's a very stickler for rules kind of thing. So yeah. he sees the um, rebels as, you know, rebels. He calls them war criminals. Yeah, he calls them war... So he doesn't see himself as a bad guy. He yeah. sees them as bad guys. Yeah. But the real bad guys are the people profiting from whatever side that's winning and to, yeah and add, add a dimension to that they're also you know abusing kids and yeah. animals and stuff like yeah, that yeah which is interesting yeah i liked that it pays off really well in the last shot which i really liked but yeah there's a sequence where like rose and finn like let the animals loose and like they're riding on the animals yeah. and it felt like this Harry Potter mischief action scene. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not feeling this. And I, I didn't like it, and I didn't like those. Those were my least favorite animals. And it looked, like, poorly rendered. Yeah, because they look like camels. Yeah. But also, they have an almost human face. It looked off. I did not like it. Which is weird, because the animals introduced in this movie, like the foxes at the end. The porgs. And the porgs, they were great. I the, thought, n- the fish nuns. I loved those uh, things. All of, the, all of them were amazing, they were new. except for these... But Camels. yeah, that's what I mean. Everything in this Canto Bright sort of sequence felt off and really yeah. long. In some, yeah, in some aspects, I like that they show us that there's, you know, there are other people living somewhere else in this galaxy that is not part of this huge conflict, you know, or like they're not, at least not, you know, taking extreme sides. Yeah. And, and we get a reminder of that with the, you know, at the end there where they call for allies and, and even, you know, whether that, whether they show up or not, it's a good reminder of, oh yeah, there are other societies out there that are just living their lives and not actively taking part in this war between the, um, first order. The first yeah, order. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that idea too. Yeah. But it's just the execution of it. I'm, because the only like other planet we see is like an empty crate planet. And that casino planet and the island with Ray and Luke. Yeah. You don't, I mean, I don't really want them to show it, but maybe it would have been cool if you get like a quick montage of the first order, like seizing control of other planets. Yeah. Because then I think you could feel the resistance desperation a bit more. Exactly. But as it is, you do, you honestly do feel like their desperation. Like every time they lose someone, it does feel like a blow. Yeah. And it's... It's, I don't know about you, but it was such a shock to me to realize that they're the only ones left. I feel like a lot of the, a lot of things happened off screen in that opening scroll where it's like, the resistance is desperate. It's making the desperate escape. It's just like, whoa, it's dwindled down to so little. See, this is part of the Force Awakens' problem, I feel like, where <laughs> you, okay, you get that scene where the Starkiller base blows up like the Republic. Yeah. But you never know what the fuck the Republic is. Like, you have no idea if they're in charge of the first order who is like yeah. in charge you, the, yeah. you just or you just know in theory the republic's gone so there's just the resistance yeah, left yeah but you never you don't know it. what happened you don't yeah. know that's part of the force awakens kind of poor storytelling which can't even though ryan johnson's is very much doing his own thing here he's still like immediately picking up where that story left off yeah so you've got this kind of thing where i'm not who's Who's in charge of what? Like, who's winning? I'm not really sure. Yeah, and also you you just can't have a wonder, like, 
come on, Leia, how did you let this happen in the first place? Yeah. Why are you the resistance? Why didn't you make, like, the Republic work? That's why... That's, you know what I mean? That, like, yeah, that's all the problems how, I have with The Force how did Awakens. You, how did you get ambushed? Yeah, I'm like, how could you have let them build that base in the first yeah. place? Like, how could you have let that happen? Why, like, why isn't the First Order, like, squashed out? It's, I don't get the it. The First Order should have been the resistance. Yeah. And the First Order should have been... <laughs> The norm, like yeah. the status quo, the republic. Exactly, like, I think, I mean, logically, obviously, uh, I don't want to say what makes for a better story, but logically, if we follow the events that happened yeah. from the original movies, it should be maybe the republic is have been safe for a while, but now with Luke gone, it's under threat. Yeah, I think they were, like, trying to get at that, but it's never really expressed. Yeah. It's never visualized like it should have been. Yeah. So they uh, were too busy getting likable characters rushed from yeah. one set piece to the next to really delve deep into that. Yeah, it's jumped so far ahead that, like, you can imagine, oh, it's, there, there was a big ambush or, like, there was a big takeover yeah. that they didn't see coming yeah. and destroyed their, you know... uh their planned government that was good for the people. Yeah. And then now they're just jeopardized. Like, and now there's just only like a few resistance groups left. Like, well, by how the did end, that happen? By the end of this movie, <laughs> there, there's enough to fit in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> Literally a matchbox. It's like, yeah. That's all that's left. I mean, if that's all that's left, then <laughs> I don't know. That's because you, you get people like Admiral Holder who've just got to sacrifice himself. Yeah, like, guys, <laughs> what? We, okay, let's talk about Admiral Holder for a second. She is my MVP of this movie. You know what's movie? the thing about her? I'll just say real yeah. quick. I thought she was going to be like a gangster on the casino planet just by her hair and her clothes. Uh, I thought she was going to be a villain. Yeah, that's what I thought too. On yeah. the casino, because I knew there would be a casino class. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's head casino bitch. That would be awesome. But yeah, no, she was um, just, you know, Admiral <laughs> I like her character because it's a very interesting... She brings a really interesting dynamic to the whole stern, controlled, headstrong person versus plucky hero. She is yeah. a bit of both. But they don't make... What I really like is they don't make her a bitch. Exactly. That's yeah. what I really love. That's why she's so interesting. She's She brings this refreshing dynamic into this very well-trodden... like. Everyone fits into their own tropes, you know, like yeah. in, in that comfortable way. But she is, is like in between because, yes, she both recognizes the importance of being in like being considered and, you know, like prioritizing escape to fight n another day than to like go in and fight. Yeah. But you could tell that like, her instincts is to fight because, yeah. um, you know, we get that when she was introduced you get that she scene. won a battle or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Poe was like, oh, she was Amara Holdo from that battle? She didn't seem like it. She I, doesn't seem yeah, like it. I like, you know exactly what he means yeah, when he says that. Exactly. I love that scene. It's like, scene. she's a lady with weird hair. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he's, you know, the traditional sort of masculine dude. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I like that she fights back, obviously, because of a clear mutiny with Poe and his friends. Yeah, that's right. And um, But at the end, she likes Poe. Yeah. She's like, this guy's a keeper because he has that spark that you assume she has. Yeah. And, but she just has a better control of it. She has experience. Exactly. And she, you know, at the end, she would choose what Poe would have done, which is 
you know, she's willing to die for the for the yeah. cause. Whereas Poe, at, at the beginning, this is a nice journey for Poe. Mm. Poe calls her a coward yeah. for wanting to save people and run away, not knowing the full plan. Yeah. But the reason she's not telling him, because she knows that he's a hothead and yeah. he'll, like, do something crazy, which yeah. he did and, yeah. and inadvertently caused her plan to fail. Yeah. Because... The only reason that um, Benicio del Toro's character, the, the, the hacker guy, the yeah. hacker, the second-rate codebreaker that yeah. they got, yeah. um, knew about the knew about the escape was obviously from Finn and Rose, mm-hmm. who knew about it from Poe. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the whole point is that because people talk about the mission not amounting to much in terms of the plot, yeah, with their codebreaker thing. But I thought the entire point was. Poe sent them on a bad mission because he's a bad leader at this point. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what Princess Leia or General, General Organa. General Organa. General Organa <laughs> says to um, Poe in the beginning scene where she slaps him and demotes him because he's like, we destroyed that. We're going to save so many lives. And, and he's like, oh, at what cost? All of our people are dead. She says something like, no leaders, le- dead no heroes. leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. Yeah. And I feel like at the end of this movie, he realizes he that? realizes that yeah. and and it's part of the the end montage where luke says you know like the rebellion is reborn today and yeah it's he's the thematic representation of rebirth for the rebellion because he realizes what's important what's at stake and leia even says like what are you looking at me for look at him now exactly like sort of ceding the leadership role to him, to him yeah so he's got a great place for episode nine I yeah think. it's a kind of a bummer just seeing how timing and how things play out because on paper, um, Admiral Holdo is the perfect person to take over um, for Leia. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. She's just, she's trained by her. You know, she learns everything she knows from her. And mm-hmm. she's she has that kind of sense of wisdom that yeah. comes with Leia. Yeah. So it really sucks that she died in that beautiful, emotionally charged... Hyperspace kamikaze. Hi- hyperspace kamikaze. Yeah, it's... It's amazing. Like that's what I was looking forward to the most when I watched it the second time, just yeah. to savor that visual cake. It reminded me of like a brilliant anime yeah. sort of moment where yeah. like it goes quiet and the color flares up. Yeah. Like and it's like you're just in awe of what you're seeing yeah. for a second. It was The silence was just perfect. And then the Yeah when it like splits apart yeah. that far away shot. Of the, you know, the Star Destroyer just splitting in yes. pieces. Oh, like, oh, the beautiful. horror on their face when they realize what she's doing. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, yeah, shoot it. <laughs> yeah, they're like really yeah. afraid and they should be because holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. What a, you know, this is, it's such a, like a great example of this movie taking something that we are familiar with mm-hmm. and then kind of subverting of our expectations of where it could go or what it could do. Yeah. And, and this is like a physical manifestation of that. Yeah, it was brilliant. Still probably, like, my favorite little moment in the whole yeah, film. Yeah, But um, no slouch either are some of the lightsaber fights. Yes. Where, actually, Howie, did you know this is, like, the only episode Star Wars where there's no lightsaber on lightsaber clash? Oh, yeah, because they were fighting like other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I love about these new movies, and I loved it in The Force Awakens too, is that the lightsaber battles are saved for climactic moments of importance yes they don't just whip it out like every time until it gets old yeah Chekhov's lightsaber yeah it's the same here so it's like 
when you know Kylo kills Snoke and then the guards advance on them and they do that you know slow motion back to back. Yeah, and Kylo Ren. That that, that was the moment when you get chills yes. down your spine where you were like, "Holy fuck, this is amazing!" And they keep up the like rough physical choreography of the Force Awakens with the yeah. lightsabers. Yes, it's not like elegant ninja dance looking shit. Yeah, I, it looked like using a lightsaber on someone like it fucking hurts yeah. <laughs> because these guards get messed up <laughs> they come up with a few awesome maneuvers as well like when ray fights and there seem to be no way out of that like hold she drops her the lightsaber and catches it midair and then slices zaps. him in half yeah, yeah it's so good and you get like a classic moment where um kylo's getting choked and yeah. ray tosses him the lightsaber and he, and he just sh- activates he shoots it. it in his face yeah yeah and, and then, then he sh- just it's almost funny yeah like, <laughs> i think it's funny yeah it's, but it's badass as yeah well. like it's yeah. awesome and it's a good way to show us holy crap if they're together they're unstoppable like yeah. they can the things that they could accomplish you can see like darth vader seeping through with what he said to luke like together we can actually like rule because yeah. we're just that good and like, you really feel that the combination of raw power between them and you feel that like you see the kind of fruition of that we get a taste yeah which is why it's such a disappointing tragic affecting moment when you see Kylo Ren just go, join me to oh, the dark yeah. side. You know our protagonist is never going to let that happen. And Daisy Ridley like plays it so perfectly. Yeah. Like, you could really pinpoint her heartbreaking yeah. during that moment. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was fantastic. It, it, and a disappointment, like you really felt it. Yes, and the groundbreaking thing is too that we feel sad for the bad guy as well. Like we're rooting for kylo ren to be good yeah, you know like he's we're given, like come on because he's like shown he has opportunities to because he didn't yeah. shoot his mother yeah i, I love that scene because I, when we saw this in the trailer we we're like how is this gonna play out like yeah is this what actually is gonna happen like is he gonna like, yeah are they gonna get out carrie fisher yeah. yeah and it's just such a perfect scene because he doesn't do it and then two people behind yeah, him the two just shoot fighters. Him. yeah and then he just continues yeah which is a reflection of it might be too late for him because even if he still has conflict in him what he has set in motion with the past choices that he makes He's too might be gone. out of his hands now well that's what i that's why i absolutely love the scene of him destroying the helmet yeah because i thought in the helmet in the first one it was sort of this idea that oh he's like trying to be a bad guy yeah like he's that's he has to wear that yes, mask because yeah. he's not that person but he's really trying but now he's destroyed it he is that monster now like he doesn't need yeah, he doesn't the need the mask he doesn't need to project anything yeah. that's just who he is now i love also that scene where snoke was like take off that stupid thing i love the implication of that yeah, because it's like hang on like he just probably showed up to work one day wearing that, and Snoke was like, um, fine. I'll let it slide. Okay. <laughs> it's and, great. Yeah, and it's also less um, amusing to him now because he failed while fighting Rey, you know? Like, and he calls him like a boy, yeah. like, you know, and he says, you're not worthy. Yeah. And he, the mask makes him look even stupider because yeah. you can see most clearly you're trying really yeah. hard and it's like failing. And I love um sort of Snoke's arrogance in like, 
saying out loud that he stoked that connection because Kylo Ren wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Because ex- his expression when he hears that is like, he's, he's shocked. shocked. Yeah. And I like that because I didn't want it to be... Like a trap. Yeah, the yeah. fact that Kylo Ren was actively manipulating her. Yeah. Because it also like calls into a lot of questions with the force and like what she feels, you know, like is it real or not? Yeah. And it's, it seems out of character for him because he's not like a competent person yeah exactly emotionally <laughs> he yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't think to do that yes. like he's not he's like violent and unstable but he's yeah. not like a thinker really exactly so yeah i love that revelation too yeah which gives more credence with the revelation that ray's parents are essentially nobodies as she said yeah because uh, you know a lot of people question this they're like are we believing kylo ren when he says that i'm like yes i do because yeah. the movie plays how the movie plays it out as it, and how Daisy really acted is that she believes it. Yeah, she you know, knows she it. Feels she it. says she knows. Yeah, so I don't think that we're going to suddenly find out she's like Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter or something. Yeah, you I know? hate that. I, I was scared during that scene because I was like, when he was like, say it. And I was like, please don't say like Luke or something like that. I, it just lets her as a character stand on her own two feet more. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson said... Of the actual scene. Yeah. Like in an interview, he said, well, the reason is because, you know, that would be the hardest thing she could hear at that moment is yeah. that they were nobody. Yeah. That's how it worked with like Luke and Vader. Like what's the worst answer for who his father is? Oh, it's yeah. the guy who cut off his hand. And in Ray's case, because she's like a different character. She didn't have parents like Luke did. Like he had his aunt and uncle and yeah. stuff like that. And what I also find very interesting about this movie and also like maybe the maybe kylo ren's perspective or the dark side's perspective is that there's a they have a sense of selective memory because kylo ren wants to emulate darth vader right but yeah. guess what darth vader turned good at the end yeah did no one tell you that part like well, you know I reckon. I, mean? I reckon how he would have seen that was that that was like a moment of weakness for Darth. <laughs> That's where Darth Vader failed. He was great up until that point, right? And he failed because he looks at you know he worships him and like kind of talks to him yeah. in the Force but Awakens. But he, he worships Vader, not Anakin. That's he true. He talks to the mask, not That's Anakin. That's true. That's true. So he's like he's literally like a, a monument to something that doesn't exist anymore. Right. He right. talks to. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. What, what I want to bring up also is um, there's a returning character from the original trilogy in this movie, which mm. I didn't expect. But you see, you know, the fucking ears poking out the back of the head. Oh, my God, it's Yoda. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when uh, Ray's, you know, she says to Luke, if you're not going to help me with this fight, I'm going to go and I'm going to, like, take care of shit with Kylo Ren. I'm yeah. going to try and turn him. I'm going to try something because yeah. you're, you're not doing anything, old man. Yeah. So he, at Luke at that point, he's at his lowest point, it seems yeah. like. So he's about to burn the It's first, pouring rain. Pouring rain. He's angry. He's about to burn the temple, and he sees Yoda appear. Yeah. And it's a brilliant moment when uh, Yoda refers to Luke as young Skywalker because even though he's, like, this old craggly man now, yeah. to Yoda, he'll always he'll still be, be young, yeah. young Skywalker. Yeah. It was very lovely. Yeah. And unexpectedly, like, he's about to burn it, and he hesitates, and then Yoda just cackles and burns it himself, yeah. which is that. another scene that's, like, emblematic of this movie. Yeah. You would never, like, expect Yoda to be the one to be like, fuck it, yeah. and just, like, burn the Jedi I lo- Temple. But I feel like that's so Yoda, especially in the original. It harkens back to the trickster aspects yeah. of the yeah. character, which I loved. He wasn't just, like... 
the boring sage he was in the prequels. in the prequels yeah they they brought back like the wacky yeah. wackiness of oh, him yeah almost like i don't know it feels very et ish i know what you mean yeah and um <laughs> it's fun it's a it's the puppet yoda yeah it's a, a recreation puppet of puppet yoda i like that when he after he burns and chuckles and he's like but the scrolls or whatever. the sacred text yeah. and he's like oh read them did you <laughs> And Luke is about to be like, well, I didn't. Yeah. And then Yoda's like, yeah, they're not page turners. But he said, like, there's nothing that's in there that Ray doesn't doesn't already possess. And originally I was like, oh, what, does Ray just know everything now? But it's because she literally has the books. She has the text. She has the text. Like, Yoda wouldn't have burned that so confidently if he didn't already know that Rey has the text. She literally possesses all the scrolls that it's not in the library anymore, which is so funny. Yeah, it ties into the ethos in the film in a really beautiful way because the main villain is like, burn everything to the ground. And the good guy's like, burn the temple, take the books. Like, (laughs) more of sort of like a... It's it's acknowledging there is some truth in having to let go of the past, but take what you should take from it. Yeah. Like, it's not worthless. Yeah. Just take what you need. Um, And I really sort of liked that little parallel. Yeah. And it was Yoda who was, like, expressing that parallel, which I fucking never saw coming. Yeah. And it was a great use of that character. Luke has a great point with the Jedi society. Yeah. It was what really bugged me in the prequels as well, which is they're fucking incompetent. Yeah, they're... They're terrible. <laughs> they're, they're the worst. Like, they raised Darth Vader. Like, yeah. <laughs> Luke brings it up in the movie where the Jedis are romanticized now, but they're actually, if you look at what they actually did, they're synonymous with failure because the Jedis are responsible for both Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. Yeah. From the very beginning in the prequels, even Yoda was like, I sense like great darkness in you. They sensed it, but yeah. like they just let it slide until yeah. like it's too late. Yeah, because they pay too much attention to like, you know, prophecies and yeah. texts and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Rather than lo- looking at what's in front of them, what's, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Which ironically is one of the lessons Yoda is always trying to impart to Luke is like focus on what's going on now like yeah because that even Luke is he's still fundamentally still Luke to me because he is that guy where like he looks too far to the horizon he's not focusing on what he's doing now yeah and like I like that he still sort of has that flaw even in like old age yeah you know this absolute decision feels very Luke-like to me where he's a bit you know He's, he's not a well-considered person. Like, he's not... He starts out as, like, very emotionally driven. Yes. So, like, this kind of flip to, like, oh, this bad thing happened, I'm going to do the complete opposite thing. Yeah. And close myself off. Like, this very, like, 180 decision yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, it's consistent Luke with his do. character. Yeah. And um, I thought, you know, just to stay on Luke, Mark Hamill as Luke in this movie, it's, like, the best... He's ever been yeah, as Luke. Yeah, this, best performance. This, I don't know if it's too early to say, maybe not, but this is probably like my favorite Star Wars performance in any movie, probably. Mark Hamill as Luke. Really? There's just so much going on behind the eyes yeah. with him. Like, you really feel what the years have done to him. But there's a scene where, like, he sees R2 again for the first time in the Millennium Falcon. And he's like, R2. Like, and he sounds exactly like. Young Luke yeah, Skywalker, he, does, he, he looks yeah. like him. He's yeah. like so happy to see him. He's like, oh my god, there's that kid. Yeah, but you only see it for like a few seconds, but it's like definitely there. And it was just a really brilliant performance, like just very subtle. 
I loved it so much. I like that the R2 spits out the Leia hologram. Yeah. Again. I mean, this is the movie where things come full circle for Luke because he's reminded of what, you know, what propelled him to be a man and become a Jedi in the first place. It was that message. And there's also the a callback to the twin sunsets, which comes right. into play much later. That was That's brilliant right. as well. And um, yeah, so Mark Hamill, fucking, it's amazing even more to hear that he didn't agree with what they were doing with Luke in this movie, and yet he's clearly still giving it like a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah, I love that. He he, because he's able to look beyond what his personal feelings are and yeah. look beyond Luke. Yeah. And look at the overall, the bigger picture of where this movie needs to go. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm even more impressed because it's like Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford. It's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're playing the characters a bit older. Yeah. But with yeah. Mark Hamill and Luke, it really feels like just another level to yeah. me. Yeah. He has a lot more to chew on. Yeah, that's too. true. There's, this is like the most complex Luke Skywalker uh, yeah. he has as well. So that, that does help. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. So there's a deleted scene. Yes, there from is. From the movie that you'll get in, we'll get in the uh, DVD version. You see version, it briefly in the trailers too. Which is... Um, Ray running with the lightsaber. Yeah, that's right. So there was more of the training sequence. There was more, yeah, there was training more stuff. training stuff. Yeah. And which I think would have made Ray's motivations clearer or more meaningful. See, like, it's yeah. good... It's fine as it is, but I feel like the main character of the movie, I would say, is Kylo Ren. I would say Rey and Kylo Ren. I would I don't honestly know. divvy it up. I feel like Rey has been slightly sidelined in this movie I, in a way I, that you expect her to be the main character, but she's not really, you know, she's not really driving a lot of action. She's not... It feels like she's the B plot and the A plot is the whole... Resistance. Yeah, thing. resistance. That feels thing. like almost the main character yeah. in this movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just going to read... Just like an excerpt. Yeah, yeah, just Indie an Wire. excerpt from like a description of what the deleted scene was from IndieWire.com. So right. the scene in question it involved a prominent bit of Jedi training between Luke and Rey that occurred right after the two's talk inside the cave where Luke mentions Darth Sidious. Yes, I remember that scene. Ray notices a big fire on the beach and is told by Luke that it's a group of invading bandits who regularly come to the island to steal and kill the caretakers. It's fish nuns. The fish nuns, I love them so much. So cute. Ray's hero skills immediately kick into action, although Luke warns her that helping the caretakers now will only result in the bandits coming back stronger at a later date. Luke tells Rey that a true Jedi acts only to maintain the balance, even if that means people get hurt. Rey ends up ignoring Luke's advice, however, and she springs into action. Mm. The scene cuts to Rey running towards the beach with her lightsaber, which is the the scene we see in the trailer. Yeah. The force propels her to run even faster. That would look cool, I bet. Yeah. Luke yells for her to wait, but she doesn't stop. When she gets to the beach, ready to defend the caretakers, she realizes that the fire is not from a bandit attack, but from a celebration the caretakers are having on the beach. Both Chewbacca and R2-D2 are taking part in the celebration, as are the native porgs. I would love to see that. (laughs) Ray returns to Luke angry at him for lying, but he tells her that this was simply another task as part of her Jedi training. Her decision to spring into action is what the Resistance needs right now, Luke argues. Not the old Jedi Order he represents. 
He liked to prove to Ray that the resistance needs her, not him. Ray breaks down, saying, "The old legend of Luke Skywalker that you hate so much. I believed in it." Luke realizes he pushed her too far as Ray storms away. See, I'll say that sounds like a brilliant scene to watch in isolation, and I'm definitely going to watch the deleted scene. But I feel like you accomplish as much and more dramatically when she finds out the tr- uh, something about Kylo Ren's origins, where Luke was about to kill her because he kill him because he sensed darkness. And then she confronts him about it. And then he tells her the truth. Yeah. I feel like you get as much there and it's a bit narratively more coherent. That's true. I, I can see why they might have cut the scene off because it's one beat too many yeah, of that is. relationship. Yeah. But that's a great illustration of Luke's motivation for staying. That's true. That yeah. we don't quite get it. He just, you just feel like, oh, he just doesn't want to do it. <laughs> in this yeah, movie. yeah. He's like, leave me alone. He doesn't have a clear thesis of why well, he, he says, decided. I guess he does. He does say it. he's like the Jedi are all failures and they don't accomplish anything, and he feels like a failure. Yeah. So he's like trying to end the cycle of shame, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but like. So he... I, I kind of get that. And the, he seemed to be saying the lessons of. The thrust of their training was I'm going to give you three lessons of why the Jedi need to end. And yeah. the first lesson you get is like the Force doesn't belong to the Jedi. Like, yes, they I like that. They don't need to do anything. Yeah. It's still going to be there. They're not that important. That's yeah. what he's arguing. And the second lesson is that, uh, you know, they've a. Uh, legacy of hubris and failure the third lesson we didn't get which i wonder what it is third lesson is that probably this one maybe it could this is one of the lessons it could be it could be that one of the lessons because he said it he said it's like part of her training because i couldn't figure out if like the third lesson was something supposed to be unsaid and we get it as viewers when it locks in our minds but i'm like i'm too stupid (laughs) what is the third lesson i need him to say it out loud maybe maybe it's just a deleted scene (laughs) it might be a deleted (laughs) that'd be a kind of a big mistake (laughs) then in the movie because he says he says three he says you you, you expect three things you know who knows the third thing is uh, lesson is that now that I've told you that the Jedi are failures, you don't be a failure while I just yeah. like die on this rock. Maybe the third lesson is like, okay, now you teach me something. Yeah, you you are the third lesson. <laughs> yeah. You are now the last Jedi. Yeah, I liked that the title sort of referred to both of them. Yes, because at first it's Luke, then he dies, and then it's literally Rey. Like yeah. it ends with her being the last Jedi. Well, so far, because you know if you s- what the end scene hints is that you know there's oh, just yes. some kid it, it, with the yeah. force it shows there are um force sort of uses. sensitive yeah i mean kids. it's all in the title of the first movie force awakens ray was just That's like right. one of probably hundreds yeah who are just strong with the force now let's talk about the force and how it's depicted in this movie for a bit um yep. obviously there is that scene with leia and she pulls herself to the ship the ship i saw that as kind of a weird callback to the empire strikes back where luke pulls the lightsaber from the snow mm. and you know it's sort of like another telekinetic thing yeah. like they're trapped and they're and gonna it's a pull, hand moment. yeah they're gonna pull themselves i have mixed feelings about obviously leia's yeah. force moment i feel like it should have been in a different context where let's just posit this she's in that same spot everyone's 
panicking. Obviously, they get shot and like the thing breaks. Yeah. The, the whole section of the ship breaks. But maybe then she holds everything together just enough yeah, for everyone to go in. Yeah. Because that would have actually like give us that yeah. force moment for Leia that makes you it's fist little, pump the air. It's a little less whiplash of, oh, she's dead in space. Exactly. And she's I it's less that. confusing yeah. and yeah. it's less... Uh, I don't know how I feel about this, which yeah. is I don't think that is the intention yeah, of the scene. No, yeah. I think that scene, like Ryan Johnson, is like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if this happened and everyone would cheer in a cinema? Yeah. But I don't think that's a cheer moment. It, it was more of a, oh, okay, is that, oh, right on, right. She, I guess she does have the force. Yeah. Instead of making you go, holy shit, Leia has the force. You know, I feel like that's what. Cause she, we, yeah. I wanted to feel, but I didn't feel that. She has that a thing. second force moment where she smashes the door, where she goes to confront Poe. Like she's just waking up, and then that's right. She smashes oh, the door, yeah, and, yeah. and Poe's like, "Hey!" And then he, she, shoots she shoots him. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think something like that would have been better if she was yeah. like holding something together with yeah. her force hands. Or yeah, something, like something that. that you know also is more character focused because uh, you know that plays into her desire to not lose any more people yeah i could see that you know like sure. instead of just her being the only one that's left yeah the, which speaking of that admiral akbar oh they blown away they did him dirty well, <laughs> in this movie i never holy shit cared about admiral i mean akbar. still he like was, he was why, just... why, why is there a need to add him in as a off-screen death uh, true you got a point like there. also like let us see him die at least. Don't you I know, see him get was, blown off the bridge? I don't see. I don't think I saw him. I, yeah, if you do, it's probably like split second yeah, or something maybe. like that. But, but that's so weird. Go back to Leia for a bit yeah, and the Force. Yeah. Use of the Force. Yeah. What did you think of Luke and Leia's scene at the end? Uh, Together. I liked the scene. Yeah. Itself. Very lovely scene. Yeah, like I love it. It's a nice scene. They acted but beautifully. Yeah, I it's a great scene, but I just don't know. Didn't How feel it? I feel it, but yeah. I feel like... Is it because he was astral projecting? Yeah. Is that the thing? Yeah. And, and it just felt like she's not surprised. What was made even weirder is that she sits there and he walks out. Like, what is she doing? <laughs> like, oh, like, to, I can't to ima- talk to him. Yeah, it was... Um, the logic of the characters felt a bit, like, out of my grasp. As yeah. in, like, what are they doing scene by scene like after that conversation what are they doing why is leia just sitting there as he walks out to fight them she was so defeated yeah though. that's I know, what i but... got she was fucking she was like no one answered the beacon and yeah. they were cornered she was like she seemed ready to just be like fuck everything yeah <laughs> so i i didn't mind too much that she didn't really react uh, yeah, it's there. not a big it's a minor nit yeah i'm yeah. just it just felt Oh, that was a nice moment, but that's all we're going to get of them? Yeah. It, I don't know. It feels weird. Like, it would be great to see them side by side. Like, see her at the entrance, just having... It would be even great to see them have that same conversation right at the entrance. Yeah. As he walks out. Because, I don't know, it just felt like a weird interlude, and then the action keeps going, well, instead of being part of the action. I can see what you, you know, mean. Like, it's yeah. su- it's like, like it's a pause, the nice pause before the yeah, battle scene. Suddenly everyone took a break because Luke shows up and then says something and then continues instead of it being like a more direct 
transition. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I can kind of see it, that. It's not bad. Like, yeah. I loved it. I liked that moment. And yeah. the acting between the two. Like, I like that when she says, I, I, changed, I changed my, my hair, hair. And he says, it looks nice. And that's a Carrie Fisher line. It is for sure. Yeah, like, she she actually wrote that she did. line. She wrote a few yeah. lines in the movie. She helped Ryan Johnson rewrite some yeah, of the Yeah, and she, the farewell scene between her and uh, Admiral Holdo, where they say, may the force be with you at I the same time. I bet she wrote that, yeah. It was between her and Laura Dern. Like, they both... Yeah, wrote, wrote that it. scene. Yeah, it's it's really meaningful to to know that you know that, she had yeah. a hand in a lot of Leia. That lines. felt like a genuine moment as yeah. well. It was really well written. The way that Laura Dern says, "May the Force be with you always." I don't yeah. know, just the way she delivers it, it was very moving. It felt like you could feel like the long history between the two yeah, of them. Yeah, without you know them saying it. Them like, saying yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. But um, I anyway, lo- yeah. I loved the idea of like Luke giving a or fake giving her the Millennium Falcon yeah, dice. Yeah. When he's like, nobody's really, like, maybe it's like corny or whatever, but he's like, nobody's really gone. And then he just gives her the dice. I was like, oh man, that's a really lovely moment. But what was weird though, was that... And they weren't really there. Oh, yes. And also, she left it at the ground. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. She's because, like, yeah. because Kylo Ren walks in and picks it up, right? That's true. But um, if, if this movie is has another interesting facet going on about it is that its thesis is almost like a the thing, past don't a, matter a thing is just a thing <laughs> that's the true. lightsaber psh, yeah the temple psh, on fire yeah. the dice it's anti-nostalgia in a way yeah it this is movie. it is force awakens really like kind of coddled you with nostalgia yeah. this last jedi doesn't give a fuck what you think about star yeah. wars like really doesn't i feel like it does but i feel like it recognizes that the priority is telling a story i yeah. feel like in this that's why i liked it so much more yeah i feel like it recognizes the um even star wars needs to grow yeah exactly. i think that's why it needs recognizes where it's these characters don't just stay in a stasis yeah and um and just like the things that you love could change yeah and it's like that kind of split second feeling of like when they say like don't meet your heroes that kind of yeah. that what's in that that's the destruction of nostalgia and idealism yeah that is what this movie plays in but it's still a very hopeful movie it because still is what's yes. the last shot yeah it's like the next generation of resistance fighters yeah. probably like yeah. just because they can fit in the millennium falcon that doesn't mean that's all there is left of yeah. it yeah it's about not trying to hold on to the past but it's you acknowledging the past and using it to inform your present yeah i yeah i agree with that so and that's not something i expected to see you know star wars yeah movie. and i think that's also the crux of maybe why some people just didn't feel like this was their Star Wars movie, you know? It's that, that's why I say when it's like a visceral feeling, because that, that's the attitude of the movie. Yeah. And Star Wars is a really specific thing because you get the original trilogy and it's like really hot. People get fired up. They love it. Yeah. Then you get the prequels and it's like really cold. People fucking turn on it. So you've got these new movies that have been, heated and frozen and then if you flick it slightly it completely breaks yeah. so it's like this sort of weird state yeah of these movies getting received where it's not just about the merits of the plot or the characters it's about what do we talk about when we talk about star wars yeah. and it gets into some really abstract areas about nostalgia and heroism yeah. and stuff like because it has so many years to simmer in everyone's imagination exactly and everyone's too. minds yeah it's beyond what they show us it's also what we bring to it which yeah. is essentially what the movie is about because it's about people's idealization of like the jedi order yeah 
And you know? if you go back to sort of like Luke projecting himself as the hero Skywalker, like yeah. he looks not old. Yeah. He's got the classic Luke Skywalker haircut, yeah. the greys out of his beard. Yeah. He looks like, you know, Jedi Knight in his prime. Very interesting that he has Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber yeah. still. Yeah. Instead of like his own. Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason for that. Totally maybe. Sure. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. Or maybe it's just that they wanted to reveal of, it yeah like i love that scene where we get a classic vader line from kylo ren like join me yeah. right and she's just like don't go this way and she gets the lightsaber from his belt yeah there's this kind of the forced tug of war yeah that's with, what it is uh, Anakin Skywalker's, For the skywalker legacy oh it's, it's amazing smashed. It's, the symbolism yeah, behind amazing. that is just like it's amazing i mean think about how this movie treats that sword where it's like yeah. something to be tossed and then smashed yeah and then in the force awakens like the most cheerworthy moment is like a King Arthur moment where she pulls it out of the yeah. snow and like claims it. You know, yeah, it's like exactly. such a wow. Yeah. Here it's like psh, smashed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like it. It's dark. It's, it's cool. Dark, it's, and it's, I, which it, I like. It feels like it's pushing the story forward yeah. rather than like celebrating it. Yes. Because that's what The Force Awakens did feel like. Like, not that it's terrible, but it's like. It's like a parade for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, do you guys remember Star Wars? Yeah, look at it now. <laughs> it's new, but it's different. Yeah. It's like, it's different, but it's the same thing. And it's <laughs> like, well, it's neither if it's, you're doing that. Yeah. But um, this feels like a conscious effort to really kick it up the block. I think the short end of the stick or the short end of the lightsaber mm-hmm. was Finn's character. Yeah, and for sure. He, he got really sidelined and has the worst storyline of the movie. But still, like, I think he... I don't think he has an arc in this whole movie. Like, he just has to go to, to do this thing fair. and then it didn't happen. And then there's this weird romancing with Rose, which, Doesn't you know, work. I love that there is an Asian character in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know how she fits like in this universe i don't see like how her character will fit in this universe beyond finn's sidekick yeah i mean there is sort of this vague kind of arc where he's running away at the start again but he's ready to sacrifice himself by the end but But it's like the connective tissue to get to that yeah i wasn't i didn't like it It didn't feel as organic as poe at the end realizing the value of leading a team and saving people more than jumping into the fight and risking everything yeah there is because that and that worked well for poe because in the at the end he gives the command to finn that's true go retreat yeah exactly because you know that shows some growth yeah i did sort of see sprinklings of something with finn in which the hacker is sort of like who Finn would be if he just kept being selfish, like mm. wouldn't pick a side. Mm. So like he's saying, you know, I got I got to pick some side and stick with it. But yeah. it's not enough to get to a point where you need to convince me he's ready to literally like this most cowardly guy yeah. is ready to kill himself for everyone else. Yeah, it was a nice moment yeah. when you think he's going to die. It's so well acted. Yeah, the music, the yeah. visuals, it's he's beautiful. Well act- yeah, it's well acted, but I. I but was ready for him to die, to be honest. Yeah, and then he gets <laughs> saved, and it's like, oh, what are you going to do with him okay, now? Okay, yeah, like, what are you going to... And then you thought Rose was going to die, and then she doesn't Did, die. Yeah, and she doesn't. Just she's like, just knocked out. It was unclear. Yeah. Some uh, bits there were unclear to me. His character just... I, I'm not sure where he's going to go. They even messed up, I think, uh, his meet your maker scene with um brienne of tarth aka captain phasma yeah where it's like he gets to confront like the main antagonist in his life which is 
Captain Phasma. And it just didn't feel that climatic, mostly because we literally do not even get to see Captain Phasma's face yeah. or anything about her character. Like, she's the biggest, more more so than Snoke, she's the biggest fake-out character where, you know, like, Gwendolyn Christie has been on the press tours. Like, yeah. she's such a big press figurehead on the press tour thinking, what is she, she saying you could literally replace her with anyone yeah anyone it's weird it's like like you don't need gwendolyn christie like someone of that caliber you know like who has that cultural cachet yeah you just put her in like a mask and let her do nothing yeah and then you give us this weird fight that it's just like it's a very no i don't believe too. you i yeah. don't believe that this antagonism maybe give us a few flashbacks where maybe she trains them like she's their trainer i wanted that in the force awakens where you clearly see her like taunting finn or demeaning him in a specific way yeah to like build that rivalry yeah because because you don't feel it in this movie as a result yeah in, in the force awakens at least you get the feeling that she is someone who is uh if she just slipped in um during if she was just hired during the republic she will be such a great like ally for the republic like a great administrator yeah, it, it was yeah. a it was it, it felt like it was a matter of her being on the wrong side you know what i mean like yeah she's a really good soldier yeah and she really believes in her cause yeah and that's a good you know she doesn't see herself as a bad guy yeah and 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 that's something interesting to play with there but you know, he's, she's not yeah. evil. She's just like Hux, like believes that she's doing the right thing and really wants trying to do a job. Well. Yeah, she wants to succeed. Yeah. That's really it. She's not like I want to rule the world or anything. She's just like I want to be good at my job and I want I want to keep keep things in order. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting character to play with. Except you just they just didn't do that. She's just a cool costume. Yeah, really. It's a huge disappointment for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like they really consciously tried to make her the next Boba Fett. Yeah. But it's like in this kind of day and age where kids don't really need to use their imaginations as much anymore because yeah. there's so much fucking shit yeah. that doesn't fly. And I don't give her that moment where in Empire Strikes Back, Vader is talking to all the bounty hunters and he specifically points at Boba Fett and says, no disintegrations. Like, you yeah. know, pointedly says that to him. And it's like, wow, he's probably like, it just opens up your mind. Yeah. Just that one thing. Yeah. And they trying to do st- they just don't do that with her. I know nothing about her character. I don't know what she is like, really. Yeah, you yeah. Know? She I, doesn't really have a character. No. She's just a stormtrooper in, like, cool yeah. armor. In her, some of the dialogue, they try to shove some character in at the end there, where she's like, you're scum. You'll and always like, be scum. Yeah, and, and, and she, you're a bug in the system Yeah, you're a bug in the system. I like that. I it's like cool that line. she thinks yeah. he's a bug in the system. Yeah. But, like, let us see more of that. Yeah. Please. Like... She's the one. She's believes in the system so much that like Luke showing some individuality is a bug in the system. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing to play with. But yeah. they just they didn't do it enough. Because after she says that, she just kills. She just dies. Yeah, and it's like, why does she get the armor that deflects the laser bullets? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just like, <laughs> why does uh, she get it? Why is this a finite resources or something? Like, yeah. hey guys, give all your stormtroopers this, and you'll be a okay. Yeah, it makes me think. Is there like an elite squad? of people like her with similar armor yeah with just blast proof armor yeah like because that would be a huge plus i imagine yeah you know yeah so yeah the, the phasma stuff yeah she was that just cemented the idea that yeah she's just a marketing ploy that she's just a toy to sell 
That's really That's, what it was. It, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, the stick staff thing she had was cool. Like, yeah. it's a cool weapon. Gwendolyn Christie brings what she can to yeah. the role. Like, when she's, like, saying, you're a bug in the system, like, she says it with such yeah. venom. That it's like wow, that's kind of cool, but that's that's what all a, she all she can do. She's wasted. A, yeah, what a waste. Yeah, she's just, waste. her talents are just kind of wasted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Finn the Finn storyline, I'll agree. It just felt like a side quest thing. Yeah, and for it's, a lot of it, yeah, symptomatic of it was the, the whole most sequence. It was too. the most in a movie with porgs in it. It was the most like slapsticky, childish yeah, stuff. Yeah, There's, the porgs was were used subtly, in my opinion. Yeah, they were cool. In relation I, I to them. any, like, Finn stuff. Yeah, yeah. Last Jedi, any final thoughts, I guess, <laughs> overall on the movie, Howard? Final thoughts. Do you have any sort of summation? I understand the mixed feelings. I'm shocked not by the mixed stuff. I'm shocked by, like, some of the sheer hatred. Yeah, that's what that I'm shocked That kind of baffles at. me. I mean, in a way, I, um, I can see why it could be divisive. Yeah. But overall, I think it comes down to the point where with this movie Ryan Johnson is just challenging us with what we've come to expect from these movies yes and forces us to rethink you know or re- rethink the reality of things that we love yeah uh, it's a ch- it's a it's a challenge this movie yeah I'll it's say a, that for sure yeah. and i i like that even though i still have some reservations yeah. about some things yeah you know like where are they going to go with um, leia now since they clearly clearly set her up as a major player for the next movie but now i don't know what's going to happen that's the next movie's problem i guess that's true which jj abrams will be back for yeah which i'm kind of because he he's just pitched a story to them recently actually mm-hmm. for episode nine because they had to like rewrite it and stuff isn't it called black diamond or something that's the working um title yeah oh, okay so it's when they're filming it in places they have that fake title yeah i see uh, Dead Dev was one is called like Ringside. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the working title for that one. But um, anyway, minor aside. Yeah. I hope for episode nine that they don't retreat back into like safety. Yeah. Just because this had a mixed reception, that doesn't mean they should never take risks. Yeah. With these movies, because if you want to keep making them, you do have to do new things. Yeah. You can't don't repeat return. They, they can't really actually. <laughs> Stoke was killed, but I hope they just don't repeat the same motifs and give it like a predictable finish. Disney did um, openly defend the movie recently. They released a statement saying, "Really, yeah, saying that this is what we want out of a Star Wars movie." Wow, and you know, which causes a conversation and discussion. But I feel like that's more of a a release to like persuade the shareholders PR thing. <laughs> yeah but they did come out to defend it instead of which is a good sign because, i'm gl- yeah i'm glad they're not throwing it under the bus yeah because look it's making them a lot of money yeah and critically acclaimed it is it's like the most critically <laughs> yeah. acclaimed one since the original one so it's a good sign that you know disney's standing by that and there was there was even like you could tell the word that they were happy with it because there was no like behind the scenes shit like they yeah, watched with Rogue One they or didn't Han fire Solo. him in fact they gave him a trilogy a new of trilogy to work on yeah so. which awesome fucking give him a trilogy that's a complete new canvas yeah Star Wars stuff he can do the space battles and lightsaber yeah. stuff really well you know and he writes the dialogue that feels naturally within Star Wars but it's a bit better yeah, so, yeah fuck yeah I'm happy to see any trilogy Ryan Johnson has in mind how many lightsabers do you give this um, I think I'd give it eight and a half out of ten. I see. I give it eight and a half. The Canto Bright sequence really sort of brings it yeah, down a bit for yeah, me. Yeah, it does. But everything else 
flowed really well. Yeah, I, I, it's a very memorable movie. You know, a lot of iconic moments. Yeah, that doesn't rely on the past. Yeah, you know? it's, it's 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 just simply amazing when like a movie that's a part of a series as old as this can still surprise you. Yeah, yeah. especially with a series that often is intentionally cyclical about its themes and its characters. Yeah, that they can still sort of you know, whoa, you didn't see that coming. It's like that's really fucking impressive. You know, props to that. Yeah. What about you? What did you? What would you give it? Uh, four out of five. Nice. That's a solid score. Y- yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was enjoyable. It was challenging. I, I still, I want to revisit this movie like next year. Yeah. <laughs> in a few weeks. But, uh, a few days. A few days. <laughs> I still have that lingering, like, was this really that good? It's kind of like the force in a way that <laughs> kind of balanced between. Yeah. It was good, but it was also, there were a lot of things that I, question yeah still yeah and and i like that it's a lot to chew on yeah it sparks a lot of conversation yeah that's good instead of whoa that was awesome yeah exactly yeah <laughs> which is pretty much what the first two star wars disney films were yeah like the extent of it was oh that was cool yeah, like, yeah. this is our last movie of the year 2017 i think so <laughs> till next year yeah till next year when uh is there another star wars movie coming <laughs> Yeah, that's solo one. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that one. Yeah, the, the, the movie everyone's dying to see. What happened to Han Solo when he was young? <laughs> A question I'm surprised anybody cares about, yeah. but I'm sure we'll find out now. All right, well, uh, until next time. Bye. Thank God. <laughs>